As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Welcome to Brothers in Arms, brought to you by Catholic Men for Jesus Christ, with your hosts, George Rose and Bill Maher. Stay tuned as George, Bill, and their guests discuss topics relevant to Catholic men living out their faith in today's challenging world. And now, here are the hosts of Brothers in Arms, George Rose and Bill Maher. Well, good evening, my brothers. It is Friday, September 4th, 2020. 82 degrees out there, sunny, beautiful. Remember, we are still in summer, despite the fact that cities are burning, <laughs> friends are fighting on social media, you know, we got a critical election coming. We, my friends, you driving, George, myself, Mr. Producer himself back there, <laughs> we are a people of hope. Remember, First Peter 3.15, always be ready and willing to give a reason for your hope, and that's what we have to be in these crazy times. Hallelujah! Woo! Bring it on! <laughs> One, two, three, powers. We are, the, we are the Easter people, and hallelujah <laughs> is our song. <laughs> we are. We are. You know, it's funny. I, I uh, Not funny. It's it, the intensity of these times. I, I, I open with that because it really is intense. Never before in my life, uh, well, actually, one other time in my life, have I have the sentiment of the Didache, the first sentence of the Didache really resonated with me. The first time was when we were working with Legacy for Life, and I remember driving to this center, and right across the street was an abortion clinic, and this phrase of the Didache really hit me hard, and it was, there are two ways, one of life and one of death, and great is the distance between them. Mm. It was just so prevalent, you know? Yeah. Um, today it feels like the same same way. You know? Culture of life versus the culture of death. The it's, final confrontation it, between evil and and the good is uh, feels like it's here, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, never before. Um, and the veracity. I mean, I see friends fighting all the time. You know, mm. uh, uh, you know, in the social media and stuff like that. It's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy mm. on, on mm. issues that are quintessential to life. Yeah. So yeah. be vigilant, my brothers. Uh, we have to pray and pray severely. We have a big election coming up, and you know I'm not going to say who to vote for or anything like that, but just pray. Pray for God's will to be done in this one. Truth in life. Truth in life. You got yes. it, brother. <laughs> so we have a, a, you know, we get together once a month, and and the yep. world seems to rotate five million times in that time. Hard, <laughs> so uh, it's hard to on. believe we're at the end of the summer already, Billy. Yeah. Uh, in I fact, know, next no time we meet, it will be. Fall. Yeah, I guess it will be. We'll be in October, right? Yeah. Good point. Well, I know uh, my son, Sean, he started, uh, they had freshman orientation at Notre Dame High School yesterday oh, okay. in Lawrenceville. Uh, so they were all in there, all the kids. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, summer's over, you know, when school starts, right? Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of celebrating parents right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, he's able to go in. But we'll, we'll talk more about that later, maybe during the, uh, the news segment sure, about Catholic sure. schools and how they're responding to uh, uh, the coronavirus. So anyway, our saint, saint. saint of the month. Yeah. Um, uh, we chose the Feast of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so the birthday of the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. which is on September 8th, which I never realized before, Billy, but it is that is exactly nine months after the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. How right? cool is that? Which is on December 8th. Right, so the nine months of uh, pregnancy, right, from the conception to the birth, exactly nine months. Um, it's this feast that is, uh, the celebration is traced back to the 6th century, so it is an ancient feast. It, it could have gone back longer, but that's you know the historical record uh, that we have. And the earliest known account of 
of the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary is from the Proto-Evangelium of James. Yes. So it's actually not mentioned in the Gospels, in the Bibles, in the canonical Bibles. Nope. And the uh, Proto-Evangelium of James is an apocryphal text from the late 2nd century, and it's from that text that we come to know St. Anne and St. Joachim, her parents. Correct, yeah. Right, who yeah. are also Jesus' grandparents. Yeah, these are part of the anti-Nicene fathers, so th- that would be an- anti-meaning before the writings that came before the Nicene Council. Um, and these were not heretical books because there was a lot of heretical books, you know, the Gnostic writings, and, and certainly there was Arian and Syriac, things like that that were heretical. I think there's about, well, I think there's about 15 apocryphal books, aren't there? There's actually quite a bit more. More. Um, and, and, and why don't we commonly read about them today? It was because the, the church in its infinite wisdom inspired by the Holy Spirit at the Council of Hippo in 395 AD said, looking at all these books, hundreds and hundreds of books. Some of them read. phonies, right? Some phonies, some prints, like the Proto-Evangelicum comes in the second century. Right. But um, they said, all right, well, these books, the ones that we now have in the Bible, the Septuagint Bible, these are the ones that are inspired by God and worthy of dying for ultimately. Right. These books here, well, they're great. You know, sermons, this and that, like the Proto-Evangelicum, Jay's the Shepherd of Hermes, you know, mm. the Apocalypse of Peter. These things aren't heretical, mm. worthy of reading but not gospel or not scripture. Mm. And then there was heretical stuff that was booted out. So, you know, great little sort of like document, historical document mm. for, uh, you know, for our, our reading, you know, okay. for sure. And it talks about Mary and how she was prepared. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that's how we know about St. Anna Jochum. That's how we know who Mary's parents even were. Um, uh, it was from that. And, you know, usually, well, actually, St. Anna and St. Jochum is kind of a similar story to— um, uh, Abraham and Sarah, mm-hmm. right? They, they were barren. And uh, from from what I read, they decided they, they wanted to be sure that God wasn't displeased with them, that, you know, that was kind of the way people thought back then. That's why they weren't able to have children. But they uh, started an intense period of prayer and fasting, asking for the blessing of a child. Mm-hmm. And they were blessed with the, with the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> so right. There's a beautiful quote in there. I won't read it, but it talks about how Anna, deep in prayer, in great frustration in a sense, in prayer, was visited by an angel, very much like Our Lady herself, yes. her, her daughter. Yep. And in in the realization that she would bear, she was she talked about how whether it was male or female, it would be a gift to God. Basically, that that child would be a virgin for the Lord. Mm. So even before Mary's birth, she was prepared for our Lord. You know, and and that's so like in line with God. He prepares mm. when you think about the the coming of Jesus Christ. He prepared the world in the Old Testament with the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. That you know this child would be born. He would be in Bethlehem when you read Micah. You know, Isaiah talks about how he would be. His stripes would would the servant save the, exactly yep. songs of the servant. God prepares, and and this is just another example of how God prepared Mary, who would be the one to usher in. The Lamb of God Himself, right, and and it says, I believe, from the Evangelium that an angel, as you said, Billy, an angel revealed to Saint Anne uh, when uh, appeared to her and prophesied uh, that all generations would honor their future child. And the angel said, "The Lord has heard your prayer, and you shall conceive and shall bring forth, and your seed shall be spoken of in all the world." Um, quote unquote. So that's pretty cool. I'm surprised that's not. Considered divinely inspired. <laughs> well, well, it's a very it's, historically, it's, you know, it's, it's nice. It's good sal- reading. It's good reading. It's in salvation history, a very, yeah. uh, you know, important uh, 
you know, work, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it becomes part of tradition, church tradition, yep. right? So pretty neat stuff. I mean, I, I mean, there's no—for Mary in my life, I've said this before, um, I struggled as a kid with the concept of Jesus because he was so effeminate, and it just mm-hmm. didn't resonate with me as a kid. You know, I played sports and all that. But I never had a problem with Mary, you know? And um, Mary brought me to Jesus Christ. Everybody loves Mary. Everyone loves your mama, right? <laughs> and uh, I, I guess uh, uh, with the, uh, celebrating the birthday of Mary, um, let us all, you know, come back to Mary if, we, if we've been away. And I say that even to myself. You know, we have the election. We have tough times. Let's all dedicate rosaries a day. Let's bring Mary to the world in our, through our prayer. Yeah, sure. And, and one, one other interesting thing about the feast day, Billy, is that um, the church usually commemorates uh, saints uh, on the date of their death. That's mm-hmm. usually their uh, their feast day. Uh, but with St. John the Baptist, the Virgin Mary, and Jesus, we have feast days for their births, for their birthdays, right, for all three of them. And, um, and they're the three that were uh, or all considered to be born without original sin. And, and that's a, a nuanced uh, way to say that because obviously— Jesus and Mary were both conceived without sin, right? But uh, John the Baptist, no, he wasn't conceived without sin. But uh, from what I, I understand uh, in some of my reading is that uh, when Mary visited Elizabeth and the baby leaped in the womb, that cleansed, uh, it's possible that that cleansed um, the baby John of the original sin, right? Because Elizabeth was then filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And and the uh, to be filled with the Holy Spirit would be incompatible with with the baby having original sin. So it's not some it's not church doctrine, but it's not something the it's church denies either, it, it, or if, it's you know says isn't true. So. We will all be confronted with these truths someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all and hopefully all knowledge will come to us. Yes, yeah. For sure. But kind of cool, I thought. Yeah, it is so, cool. Yep. So I was conceived in sin. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not one of the I'm not one of the And at Joseph. times I continue to wallow in it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. Yes. So anyway, Mary, pray for us. Uh, blessed mother, our our our, our Gune, Queen Mother, the yes. new Eve, the Ark of the Covenant. We celebrate your birth uh coming up and uh let us uh let us take to Mary these next couple months so that God's will yep. can be done for, for this fine country of ours, America. Yep. So I guess uh We'll be back in two minutes, and we'll bring a little bit of the news. And boy, is there a lot of news. Yes. We'll see you in a couple. My family left the church because of a a, a very negative experience with a specific priest. And that took my whole family away from going to church for a long period of time. There were other Catholic churches, and there were great Catholic churches and great priests. But we stopped because of that one specific instance. And in a way, I was was cheated out a big part of my journey and my life uh, because we weren't in the church. In life, it seems like we're always enslaved to something. And I think that's, that's basically where our, what our culture is all about right now, is we are, we are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. My involvement in the church, my relationship with God is who I am. It, it's what gives me my identity. Thank God I'm home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. What have you done for your marriage today? 
I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. I gave her a call and say, thinking of her and the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museums as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together? I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him, care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Maher. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose. We are brothers in arms this September 4th, beautiful sunny day. Yep. We just talked about the birthday of who? The, the BVM. Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> the, the BVM. See, that would throw me off. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Blessed Virgin Mary. We did, indeed. Uh, her, her birthday, our celebration of her birthday is coming up. And uh, let's all dedicate ourselves in prayer to Our Lady as we, we come before a critical uh, juncture in, in the history of our country uh, with so much violence and, mm. and so much misunderstanding and certainly a critical election coming up. Let's go to Mary. Let's go to rosaries. Guys, we have to pray the rosary right now. Mm. We have to invoke the Blessed Virgin Mary. She will turn the tables and bring back a culture of life if we just allow yes. Mary to intervene and bring her son ultimately. Right so, on, Billy. Woo! So we got some news. We got a lot of things going on. George, you wanted to talk about a couple things. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for uh, you know, items in the news that are topical and, and important to everybody. And my son goes to Catholic school. Mm. I know you homeschool your kids. It's eight of them. Um, so it would be hard to pay Catholic school tuition for eight kids. I, I know. wish I could actually <laughs> take my taxes that I pay, though, for school and education and apply to it. Listen, if they were, you know what? I was thinking about this, Billy. You know, I, I pay, we all pay property tax, right? And that's tax deductible up to $10,000, right? Your mortgage interest and, and your property taxes. Why isn't a private school, Catholic school education tax deductible as well? I'm already deducting the taxes I pay for public school education. Well, because you'd, be, you'd be taking money away from the government. From, yeah, from the, the man. The body. <laughs> the man, right? That's why. Yeah, but it's just, you know, it's very uh, unfair. But interestingly, one of the things now, schools are reopening, right? And, yep. Uh, so my son, Sean, had orientation at Notre Dame, freshman orientation yesterday. All the kids, all the freshmen were in the school. It was probably like 225 kids or so. Um, and they went into the school. And Notre Dame's doing this hybrid model. So there's two cohorts. So I've heard one, that. one week you're doing online uh, instruction, and the next week you're doing uh, classroom instruction. So they're going to alternate week. And that way they can have the kids, uh, half the kids in the classroom, basically. They can keep them six feet apart and follow social distancing rules and that, right? That's got to be tough for a lot of parents, though, that have to it work. Is. When it you is. think about that, you know, I mean. But at least it's high school. Agreed. Right? They're a little older. So, right? you know, a high school kid can stay at home during the day. Uh, I, I have not yet heard of a Catholic grammar school that isn't opening with full classroom instruction. All of them are. So St. Raphael's uh, in Hamilton is. Everything I've been reading about, I believe, well, you know, all the uh, schools in the diocese, you know, Father Jeff's school, St. Mary's, mm -hmm. 
over 500 kids there. They're opening full classrooms, and this is the trend. So, yeah. well, the data supports that <clears throat> kids are really just not vulnerable to this uh, right. vast, 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 vast majority of them. And and also, uh, what also seems to be the case is they're not transmitting the disease. So some of the the teachers' unions fear is you know. We don't want to catch this, but it just seems the data doesn't support that they're they're transmitting it to adults. Mm. So it seems pretty safe for them to go back and actually, you know, mix, which is pretty important too from a whole microbiome immunity standpoint. We wear these masks all the time, which is not good for you. Yeah, we need to have interaction with well, the world. I see people wearing a mask driving in their car by themselves, and I'm Kills like, are you me. kidding me? <laughs> Kills me. You think you're sucking in all that CO2, Yeah. right? And, yeah. and and just the fact that you need to interact with, with uh, yeah. the world. Yeah. It's critically important. I don't put my mask on until I'm getting ready to go into the store. You know, like if I'm in the parking same lot, thing. there's nobody around me in the parking yeah, lot, right? Same way, same way. So, um, yeah. And I'm not opposed to wearing masks. I, I think cheat it's, a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. The mask comes a little lower than maybe it should. I'm sorry. I do cheat. I admit it. Okay, Nancy Pelosi. I'm, uh, but, I'm, but I admit <laughs> it. And, I'm, and listen, I'm really not all that concerned to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I have an underlying condition, so I'm. Uh, I am more concerned than you. That that's a different story. Isn't yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. But I still wear my mask. I'm just saying. Just, yeah. I, I hear you. I have allergies, man. It's tough to breathe through that thing. Yeah, that would be hard. So. But anyway. you know, with the Catholic schools and, and the reopening, though, most public schools that I've read about are not reopening. They're doing online uh, instruction, at least where we live in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which is Bucks County, Pensbury School District. It's considered a, a, a very good school district. Um, it's online at least in, into October. It's right. a, I think early October, and then they're going to reevaluate. First, they said then then you can choose what you want to do, um, you know, or they're going to reevaluate. Maybe they'll be in in classroom instruction at that point. But I think Catholic schools are really standing out right now in the way they're handling things. Uh, our friend Matt McMenamin spoke to him up in New Hampshire, New Hampshire yeah. uh, Mount Royal Academy, and they they're. Uh, at almost at capacity because a lot of parents have been unhappy with the fact that they can't send their kids to school this fall. And some of them need to work, you know, two parent working families and it's really hard. Right. So um, it, it's been, been good, but I think the, you know, in, in this election that's coming up, we've been speaking about that. Um, there's some important things uh, going on. You know, Brian, um, uh, I'm Brian Birch at Catholic vote, uh, says in this article in the register that the issue of education is extraordinarily important in every election, but in this election will be even more pronounced. And if you look at the uh, platforms, even just some of the things that are going on now with corona mm-hmm. uh, relief packages, uh, you know, the difference between what the Democrats want to do and what the Republicans want to do is stark, you know. So, you know, they both agree on doing a coronavirus relief package, but they, they part ways over when the Republicans have proposed uh, made a proposal to designate 10% of any allocation for public schools to go to private and religious schools, mm-hmm. including Catholic schools. Republicans also want to provide education freedom scholarships for which federal tax credits would be available to donors to the scholarship programs, which would directly help minority kids in 100%. the inner cities. Charter right? schools, things like that, too. And both are aspects of a plan that's been put forward by the Trump administration and Betsy DeVos, the you know Secretary of Education. So... Um, y- y- you know, we're not telling people how to vote, no. but if there's one side that uh, is supports Catholic education and one that doesn't, <laughs> it's you know you make your choice one who you want to vote for. You know, it's the idea of life, and the other doesn't too. That's that becomes, yeah. I think, the, the quintessential issue. Ultimately, I, I don't want to be before Jesus and uh, be on the wrong side of that public for certainly. 
Yeah, you know? yeah, no, um, I agree. So this so, is a, but that's that's just me. This is a big issue, you know, and and if you ever if that issue of school choice, which is you know potent, is a big issue in this election because you know the Democratic agenda is there's no room for school choice because yeah. they know it'll hurt the teachers unions that are big supporters of them, and I know we have teachers out there who are probably part of our listeners, but. Um, well, there's a lot of teachers that are going against the teachers' union saying, listen, I want to teach. I, I, I got to get back there. You there know, you and, go. And yep. work with these kids. So I don't think that that's a pure issue either as well. I think there's a lot. It, we, we're just in a, a, a hot time yep. of, of contrast and, 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 and just there's a lot of vehemence, too. So pray on that, guys. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, George, was um, vaccines. You know, there's a lot of mm. debate right now uh, about this vaccine that's being rushed. Um you know, I've got a bunch of articles on this on a lot of different angles. What are your What are your thoughts on on a a uh, hurried vaccine? Do you have a You know, I, I I'll be honest and I'll, I'll just and put it out there. I'm, I'd be very I'm a little nervous about that. You know, I know the FDA process uh, for drugs and vaccines. I worked in pharmaceutical industries for a long time in a medical device. That scares me. Well, I'm less nervous about that than I am taking a vaccine that was developed in China or Russia. <laughs> that's true. That's true, too. More, but, but here's another side of it. Um, you know, I, I can show there's four or five companies now that are working on uh, vaccines for this particular virus mm-hmm. that have fetal lines in it. And mm-hmm. the bishops uh, have, have made it very clear that we are not to take part in that. So that that's... You know, would you have even they? know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there was for these particular made. vaccines no, or no, for no, fetal? No, for the concept of vaccines in general with fetal lines. That that scares me as well. There's actually, it's funny, there's a, one uh, particular enzyme. It's called the, Lucif- the luciferin enzyme or something to that effect. Mm. It glows uh, with a particular substrate. Mm. Um, so it was called, it was named the luciferin enzyme for that reason who, who did Lu- that who gave exactly, it that name exactly well lucifer known as the light bearer, dr right? mengele so it would it would, it would so I, I you know it's just an enzyme but just the name of it alone please don't include me on that list either <laughs> so there's it, that's apparently used in several vaccines or, or many or in development at least but it, it you know this raises a lot of concern for a lot of people you know, some people are like listen give me the vaccine right away i'm, I'm game mm. and then there's a lot of other people saying listen I, i'm not so sure you know um well, some people, Billy, have seen, you know, there, there, there could be a link between all the autism we see these days There's and a the big fetal, debate in that. Big when debate. they started using fetal stem cell lines in vaccines yeah. is when you see the, uh, the rate of autism start to increase. There's certainly a, a big debate on it's that. It's a possibility. But, it, but also, you know, and this is just Bill speaking uh, for Bill and his family. You know, we have a virus that has an extremely low mortality. We know that. There's no argument there. It's very low. The morbidity is high, which means that when you get it, I mean, you could be someone who don't feel anything, but if you get it and you really get it, it 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 yeah. feels terrible, right? Yeah. So it's a high morbidity. It lasts a long time. Not going to deny any of that. That's true. And people have died. CDC announced numbers that are very low now um, because so many of them had other comorbidities, elderly people, so it became difficult to determine, well, Well, I think it's just, COVID it's or? it's particularly lethal if you have a comorbidity, oh, it, it, right? Indeed, For indeed. a healthy adult, it's... If you're over age 70 in particular, too, right? So yeah. it's, it can't negate the fact that people have died from it. But we have things like the, you know, it seems that the hydroxyquinolone plus zinc 
works yeah. well. You know, we, we talked in past shows about how quercetin can act like hydroxyquinolone and ferry zinc into cells, just like. Uh, back, remind me of that again, Bill. You said that very quickly. <laughs> well, so we, we t- in previous shows, we talked about, you know, what are layman's ways of right. you know, improving your immune system? Well, there were studies published in 2010 and 2014 that looked at other coronaviruses. <clears throat> and it showed that zinc can kill a coronavirus. Right. The challenge is getting into a cell, right? Right. So they looked at uh, phytochemical in green tea and also phytochemical found in onions and apples called quercetin. And it acted just like hydroxyquinolone, whereas it ferried zinc into the cell. So you can get hydroxy, uh, I'm sorry, uh, quercetin really cheap as a supplement or just have apples in a smoothie with the skins in particular with a form of zinc or Pumpkin seeds. Pumpkin or something seeds. Like that, yeah, right? I actually do that in my shake every morning. Yeah, I put in so, a half an apple and a handful of pumpkin seeds. So that that's a. I mean, that's that's a nice way that you could be proactive. But but most recently, convalescent plasma. That's plasma of patients that already had coronavirus right. and built immune system to it and have uh, antibodies to it. Is showing a, th- a further thirty five percent reduction in mortality if you can you get it to you within the first three days. So we have a we have a virus that, to be honest. You know, I'm not belittling its potential lethality, but it's an extremely low lethality, extremely low, especially if you're under age. Percentage-wise. Percentage-wise. We have strategies, you know, there's different things you can do to boost your immune system. We've talked about that in the past. And then there's there's treatments like convalescent plasma that could really, really knock this down. So if you wanted to get convalescent plasma, though, how do you do that? Well, you go with symptoms, you get tested, and you you get it. Yeah, it's apparently being much more available, which is great. Mm. Versus taking a vaccine that has really not been through rigorous safety trials. That scares me. Don't want to, you know, deflate anyone if you want to get this. Um, but just personally, it, it scares me a little bit. And, and mm. particularly, you know, not knowing the source and how it was prepared with regards yeah. to. Yeah, we could do a whole, sh- whole show, Billy, on uh, the, the fetal stem cells being used in vaccines yeah. and the history of that. Uh, my brother, Mike, and actually particularly his wife, Christy, uh, has done a lot of research on there. There's a there's a, an organization out there. And I, the name of it escapes me right now. But I think there's a few, but there's one big one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that you can get a DVD, which I have sitting on on the uh, next to the, the TV at home, waiting to watch, uh, which talks all about the history of this. And most people have no idea. Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the people out there in the world have no idea that the vaccines that you get, many of them from Merck and other major American pharmaceutical companies. Uh, have fetal stem cells well, I, in them. I, I saw Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca. There was a bunch of companies. Um, yeah, and those are great companies, by the way. But if we can encourage them to not use lines like that, would be so. Yeah, wonderful. and the thing is, you don't need to, you because know, the, you, the you, Japanese pluripotent stem cells do do even better than oh, the fetal the, stem cells. The, the, <laughs> the data on your own stem cells is 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 much better than fetal anyway, and we know that for many different disease states through BMAC, bone marrow uh, centrifuges. Knocking that's that's just the data is phenomenal. So yeah. to your point, you know we're playing with stuff we shouldn't be playing with. And and here's the thing, I'm not against vaccines. My gosh, polio vaccine has saved millions of lives. There's so many great vaccines out there. Um, but again, this is a condition that do we really even need a vaccine for? And uh, if you're rushing it, that's a, a bit scary. So I'm not anti-vaccine by any means. No, I'm anti-fetal stem cell vaccine, I, though. I agree with <laughs> right? that 100%. So anyway, this is something we, we need to also uh, really consider, be thoughtful about, uh, pray, but also put pressure on companies to stay away from some of these uh, technologies, in particular the fetal yes. uh, research that they're, that they're doing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's a hot topic, I guess. Uh, it sure is. You know, but yeah. fortunately, 
it seems like the world's going back to normal a bit. Um, cases are dropping. Mortality's dropping. So what happens very often with these viruses, they mm. sort of burn themselves out. Mm. To survive, a virus becomes less uh, uh, deadly because the virus itself knows from an evolution's perspective that if it's so deadly, it's going to completely destroy its host, right? Right. So it will inevitably become less uh, mm. uh, have a lower mortality rate so it can survive. And that's a, a blessing as Interesting. well. Interesting. And it seems with all these mutations that are occurring, it's getting weaker and weaker, which mm. is a great thing. That, that is interesting. So It's kind anyway, of like a uh, wildfire, right? Like it, it burns, burns real hot at first out. and then it burns itself out. Yeah, it seems to be that way. So we continue to pray. And certainly we pray for those that have lost their lives and the families of those that have suffered from people, because it's real. It's a real virus. Yeah. Um, fortunately, you know, it's a, it's a wake up call to a lot of us out there, though, to 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 get more healthy and to lead healthier lives, to eat better, hundred percent, lose weight, exercise, because those those are the people that it's impacted much comorbidities, more overweight. Yeah, that's exactly right. You get healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's a great message. Yeah, I like that word, by the way, comorbidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which means you have other things going on, right? Yeah. I think I think they said that um, the the vast majority, the ninety four percent of the people that have uh, died from this, uh, where it wasn't COVID alone, had up to two point or two uh, two point six um, yeah additional comorbidities. Right. You know, but where, I'm just laughing they're... because you know now we all like the word comorbidity just rolls off everyone's tongue now. But like last year, if you had mentioned that in passing conversation about, oh yeah, I have a comorbidity. <laughs> <laughs> People would have been really yeah. impressed with your vocabulary. The morbidity of this sickness was really rough on me. <laughs> it's true. We, we all become. Uh, yeah, I have several comorbidities. Yeah, we all exactly. We all become epidemiologists, right? Experts. <laughs> yeah, this is virus is burning itself out. It's an RNA sequenced virus. Is, it is funny. It's true. You know, we all become pretty educated uh, in some ways, at least. Uh, but bottom line is, uh, let's just keep all those people in prayer, and yeah. uh, and hopefully. Uh, you know, if we can dedicate, you know, rosaries and really, and really, um, you know, remember the message of Fatima. Great movie, by the way. Oh, did you see it? Yes. Oh, we haven't watched it yet. I Maybe did. this weekend. I did. There's a classic old movie that was done in the 50s that was phenomenal as well. This is much more modern. Uh, also about rendition. Fatima. Fatima, yep. Yep. And uh, I struck, my streaming wasn't so good. Like the night scenes of this movie were really kind of, something was wrong. Blurry. Like, I think yeah. it was the streaming, but the movie was very good. It was very well done. It, I'm not going to ruin it at all. It's worth watching. It's certainly worth even, you know, just watching and, and, and investing it just because you're supporting an amazing story, right? Yeah, yeah. So I recommend that Yeah, it was well. just released, uh, I think, August 28th or so, like yeah. a week ago. You can get um, it online, yeah. Yeah, it's like 19.99 on Amazon yeah, It's Prime expensive, and, but I think the way that... that but imagine works. if you went to the movies with your family. 100%. You'd be spending more than that, right? 100%. And I think the way it works is if you rent it, you when when you when you have the option to buy it later, if you've rented it, I think it's cheaper. I don't know that for sure, but that was the case with some other movies that came out like that in the past. Okay, right. Um, so again, I think that that's going to be the case. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and our good our good friend Jim Caviezel has a couple of movies coming out now. Yes, he does. Too uh, yeah. Infidel. Yeah. So keep your eye out for that. Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dinesh D'Souza, D'Souza. wrote he wrote yeah. a um, a review of it, but. Uh, Infidel. Maybe we'll review those next uh, next show. And um, and there's another one about uh, sex trafficking yes. uh, as well uh, that's coming out. And it's a true story. I think they're both true stories. But uh, Great cause for our own congressman, Chris Smith. Uh, he has done an amazing amount of work at 
at, at identifying sex trafficking as an issue and, and pushing legislation to help stop it. Yeah, listen, if we could maybe, you know, support it by renting out a theater, I don't know if that's possible. Remember we did that for yeah, we could Paul, do that. Paul the Apostle when that came out? And um, we'll, we'll, ask, uh, we'll ask our good friend, uh, Congressman Chris Smith, maybe he can even be there for that. Yeah, if we could rent out a theater for each one, support yeah. it, that would be uh, pretty cool. If we're able to, if it's that's allowed. his cause, and yep. uh, I want to highlight that for the world to yeah. hear that that he has been a, a champion of that amazing cause. So yeah. thank you, uh, Congressman, and Jim, thank you for uh, you know helping be part of these amazing movies. Yeah, absolutely. So so we're gonna go to break, and we're gonna come back uh, with an interview uh, with. Uh, a good friend of mine, actually, Lou Judd, who uh, has an amazing ministry that he's part of. And that will be in just about two minutes. A prayer for the United States of America, most holy trinity, our Father in heaven who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land. We praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. At this very crucial time in our nation's history, we're inviting all of our domestic church media family of listeners to pray with us and invoke the intercession of our country's patroness, our Blessed Mother, under the title of the Immaculate Conception. If you would like free copies of this prayer for the United States of America, please go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the prayer link to make your request. God bless you. Well, welcome back, my brothers. This is Bill Maher, and we are Brothers in Arms. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose, on this fine September 4th, summer day. (laughs) I emphasize that, folks, because it's still summer. Remember, (laughs) it's beautiful outside. But we are here with a dear friend of mine, um, who who actually uh, spent eight months in my den, um, Louis really? Judd. Lou Judd, how are you, brother? <laughs> Good morning, Bill. <laughs> Bill, was, was that embarrassing, Lou? Did I just completely embarrass you to the world as this travels no. through a podcast in in Kuwait and and in Russia and all over the world? And of course, is locally <laughs> uh, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Hopefully, I didn't embarrass you. No, it's an awesome truth. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm glad to see that Billy's been practicing the corporal works of mercy in his life. <laughs> well, you know, the Mar name means hospitable, so we've sort of uh, we've 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 definitely helped out some people. And, and Lou is actually a, an amazing blessing to our family. Uh, years ago, when this when this all occurred, um, um, he he helped change our lives in a big way. Well, Bill, actually, Lou, Bill told me this story that. 
you were actually the man in the in the delivery room when his wife was in labor with uh, his son Christopher. That Bill he was trying to get back on a business trip, so you uh, you were the surrogate dad in the in the in the delivery room. Yes, that was a very uh, funny slash uh, in- interesting moment. So, uh, as Bill stated, I'm sleeping in the den, and his lovely wife uh, comes and uh, Lou, um, it's time. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah Jen, it's it's two in the morning. Um, <laughs> what do you know? The, the baby's coming." And I was like, "Oh, congratulations! That's awesome." Well, I'll, I'll, and um. Bill's not here. Like, what do you mean, Bill's not here? I had no idea. <laughs> and so yeah, I was, uh, I was, uh, I think it was ten days away from my uh, from my wedding. Just about <laughs> to get married, and Bill was going to be the best man. Wow! And yes, I'm driving uh, Bill's lovely wife to the hospital, and had uh, let's let's it's fair to say a very unforgettable experience. <laughs> Wow, but, um, that's incredible! So you earned your keep. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I, fin- I finally earned my keep. That's yes, right. yes. Well, well, before that story, uh, Lou did spend uh, many years in the seminary. So talk about well, shock I... and awe. <laughs> yeah, shock and awe. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You know, we've, but... had, we've had all, all sorts of, of fabulous experiences. I've been able to visit uh, all 50 states, uh, most of the provinces of Canada, uh, quite a few of the states of Mexico. Uh, lived in Spain, lived in Italy. Uh, so beautiful, outstanding, rich experiences. Well, Lou, actually, we should probably tell our, our listeners why we have you on the show today, not <laughs> just to talk true. about you uh, <laughs> living in Bill's den and being, being in the delivery room. But so uh, Lou is, is the um, he works for Sports Leader for the last 16 years, and Sports Leader is a Catholic virtue based formation program for Catholic schools which has impacted over 20,000 families in the past year alone. Um, and it's a great organization. You can go to sportsleader.org to learn more about it. And what we're Name be- change, Lou. There's a name change, right? Yeah, so as, uh, as was just stated, so Sports Leader has been the brand name, and our motto has been virtue equals strength all of these years. And we've been working with sports and coaches, and it's been fabulous. But as we've created more and more content, we've seen that it is applicable for, for everybody, not just sports. So, so we're transitioning into the name Virtue Equals Strength so that this can be mm. provided to everyone within the school and parish and not. So we're still going to be working with coaches and sports by all means, but just not limited uh, to that. But the mission is very, uh, is very much the same. Gotcha. So the organization's been around for you know sixteen, seventeen years, and and you know what do you guys do exactly? Like virtue equals strength. It's a you know uh, a virtue based formation program for Catholic schools. But what does that mean? How is it implemented? And and you know what do you do? So we have uh, we have a rich curriculum of many different virtues. So basically, they're they're lessons that we provide to uh, the formators within a Catholic school or within a Catholic parish. And then we have some some training and some seminars. So basically what we're striving to do is give teachers, administrators, campus ministers, and coaches resources and events and prayers, stories on how to integrate uh, more intentionally virtue.
virtue and ceremony and Catholic identity into the school. So I think most Catholic educators and coaches really strive to do this, and they're very good at it. Uh, but at times, they're, they're just kind of maybe unaware or unsure of how to do it very intentionally, very kind of strategically. So we kind of provide that. We have a roadmap on how you can plan the whole year and monthly themes and virtue of the week and resolutions and videos that you can show the kids to generate discussion, uh, images or news events to look at. And again, try to gen generate discussion on on uh, how this can be viewed through the lens of virtue, through the lens of our Catholic faith, um, get them talking about it amongst their peers, and um, and then, yeah, really strive to come up with resolutions on how this can be really lived out in our lives. That, that's great. So you guys kind of give people, it's like a virtue of the week uh, program that people, can, you know, teachers and coaches can implement in there, you know, with the kids. So everybody's on the same page that week with a particular virtue. Yes, exactly. That's that's pretty neat. So you might have like Hope Week, right? Which I actually, believe it or not, I, I, well, I work for the New York Yankees, uh, Lou, and every year we the, the PR director, Jason Zillow, uh, who's a Catholic man, uh, he started something called Hope Week um, probably 10 years, 10 or 11 years ago. And uh, it's a week where New York Yankee players Go out. Well, there's five organizations that get nominated to be uh, recipients of like the Hope Week Award. Mm. And then mm -hmm. earlier in the day, uh, players will make a surprise visit to the person that was selected or to their organization. And um, and then they'll show video of those visits later that night on the big screen before the game. They have a whole ceremony and all that. They might invite all the like if it's a kid based organization, invite all the kids to the game and that. Uh, I think it's called Helping Others Persevere and Excel. And I'll tell you, you know, th there's no problem yeah. with getting the Yankee players to participate in Hope Week, no matter how busy they are, and they're busy guys during the season. But it's kind of like the, the Yankees, uh, you know, Virtue uh, virtue Week. <laughs> you know, with That's hope. cool. I think Hope actually stands for it's Helping Others Persevere and Excel. Uh, so okay. organizations that do that out in uh, – out in the world. So. Those are the things you don't really hear a lot about, which is, uh, it's neat to hear that live. Um, George heads up the Asian operations for the Yankees, so um, he's certainly got an important role with that, with that organization. But what I'm, what, what I'm hearing, Lou, and, and I, I'm familiar with what you have done, in a sense, you're, you're helping Catholic schools become more Catholic. And I, and I think um, that's been a challenge as, as, um, Vocations have dipped, and you don't see the nuns and the Christian brothers and even as many priests, uh, which really, uh, you know, sort of uh, the paradigm for Catholicism, right? They're the ones that have spent the years in study and prayer and all that. As we have more lay teachers, some of that, the, the Catholic identity, you can't help it, but it, it gets a little bit lost. And I think, yeah. uh, go ahead, I think that that's, that's where you really step in. Yes, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, a beautiful example of that was that we've um, we've encouraged all the schools that are partnering with us to begin this school year with a Eucharistic procession. So, encouraging the the pastor or the priest chaplain to have our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament and the monstrance and some incense and some altar servers, and you know, come just. Process throughout the whole school. Go into every classroom. Father comes in. Maybe the kids get down on their knees. They get a blessing. 
And then Father moves on, goes into every hallway, every locker room, does a circumference of the parish, of the school, and it's been fabulous. And the mm. kids, they, they love it. They say, wow, okay, Jesus came into my classroom. This is, uh, yeah, this place is all about him, and we're asking him for his protection, for his presence. And so, like, the campaign that we're really encouraging right now is for everyone to, like, strive to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament during the school day. Hmm. So maybe on your way to lunch, maybe after lunch, maybe in between a classroom break, uh, maybe before you leave for the end of the school day, etc. So we saw, I'm sure all of us saw the Pew Research statistics of belief in the real presence, and the numbers were, were not very good. Yeah. So it's just, okay, well, what can we do that's positive to help with that? And the schools have been responding very, very well. So again, just trying to come up with positive, uh, insightful, intentional kind of ideas and traditions, ceremonies that can really help kids to appreciate and love their Catholic faith um, that much more. And so we we also have um, some videos for chaplains and for priests on on how to, some different tips, different ideas of what you can do, how to encourage kids. So something as as simple as, like, in between periods, mm-hmm. like like for, for the, the priest chaplains, just by kind of like standing in the hallway and just saying hi, or complimenting kids as they go by. Something as simple as that. Little by little over time, that generates trust, that generates openness. And so there was a time I'm getting a phone call from one of those priest chaplains I developed a good relationship with, and he's calling me, and he's like, he's basically, he's moved over the phone, and he's sharing, you know, I've been doing that all year, and we have a very talented young lady who's a basketball player, and all of a sudden she just comes into my office. She's never been in my office ever before. Mm. She's like, Father, can... um, can we talk? And she sits down, and she goes, you know, Father, I just, I really appreciate you standing in the hallway and talking to me and asking me how my day was. And you know what? You never ask me about basketball. Mm. Everyone always asks me about basketball. I'm getting recruited. I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting emails. I'm getting tons of mail, and it's always about basketball. Mm. But with you, it's just about me personally. And it's like that. I love that. I, wow. I'm, I'm so appreciative of the fact that you, you just care about me. You just want to help me grow closer to God. What a cool and, story. Uh, and it was awesome. And it was a wonderful mm. experience. So, of course, she develops a better relationship with him. Father is able to help her through um, these challenges. And I believe they still call and text today that now she's graduated. She's moved on to college, um, etc. So, again, this is... These are tips that other chaplains, other priests have done that have been successful. They're very simple. But hey, if we can get more and more doing these different types of things, then God be praised. Sounds, sounds almost like spiritual formation for the school, in a way. Um, it's like a, like a plan for life for the school, in a way. Um, if I'm an administrator a teacher or a coach right now listening to this on the radio or via podcast, uh, YouTube or whatever, what do I do? How, how do I get more information uh, on Sports Leader, uh, uh, Virtue Equals Strength? What, what are the steps, Lou? 
so like very easy. You could you could uh, visit our website. You could uh, send me an email. My email is l j u d d at sportsleader.org. And we can um, just connect and just try to learn more about your school or your parish, what you have going on, how we can help. Um, Yeah, because uh, something I've definitely learned over the years is that there is no one-size-fits-all. Every school is a little bit different. And... um, but we, but we're confident we can we can formulate a plan that can really help you with what you're with what you're going through. And I think everything that we're all living through right now with the COVID and um, these circumstances, it's 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 scary. I mean, I saw recently a statistics, that, and, and I almost pray that it's wrong. But it was like so, kids under the age of twenty. They surveyed, I don't know how many thousand, like, had you thought of killing yourself the past 30 days? And, like, a third of them said yes. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. It's it's, it's absolutely, it's it's tragic. So, I mean, hopefully the statistics are wrong or off somehow. But if they're not, this shows, well, wow, all the, whatever we can do to, boost morale and prayer and, and, and connecting people with their true purpose in life, which is getting to heaven and growing closer to God and developing better, closer relationships with our loved ones, um, is so important right now, uh, especially for people who might be dealing with loneliness or frustration or uh, sadness, uh, job loss, uh, their parents are going through very difficult times, etc. They really need to help one another mm. in this uh, in this area so talking about virtue and and encouraging prayer and faith and hope are really literally life giving life affirming moments to to really strengthen everyone involved in our uh, catholic community yeah that's great lou hey i this is george uh quick question for you you know we have um uh, Catholic Athletes for Christ in the Diocese of Trenton, which, and we're good, you know, good, good friends, Ray McKenna, the founder of it. I'm sure the two of you, your paths must have crossed because you're in... Well, he's friends with Dan Duddy. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Dan sure. Duddy, who who heads it up in, in the diocese. Um, and um, w- w- do, w- how does, do, do you cross-pollinate with Catholic Athletes for Christ? Because we have 12 high schools in the Diocese of Trenton. I think we were actually with the very first diocese to have uh, Catholic athletes uh, program uh, and Notre Dame high school was the very first high school in the country to be part of the CAC program. So how did do you guys interact at all? Or, or I'm not sure what the CAC program is exactly the curriculum, as you mentioned, but, but how about that? Yes, we, we have, we have in the past and we definitely can. Uh, no love Dan Duddy, tremendous man. Uh, and the, the programs are, are are slightly different, but they're, they're, I think they can be very complementary. CAC mm. is a little bit more like a, a club, if you will, for athletes who are choosing to go to presentations and events and things, mm-hmm. which is very good. I mean, I'd, if my kids were in that school, I'd love for them to participate. And our program is, is more kind of um, school-wide, kind of on how different ways this can be integrated for everyone. And now that we're kind of shifting towards virtue equal strength, it's not just sports or athletics anymore. 
but ways on how we can this can be integrated into music and band and choir, symphony, uh, theater, drama, um, religion class, house systems, community systems. So it's definitely there's definitely paths where uh, we could work together, very complementary. That's wow. great. Yeah, and I should mention too, it's Father Jason Parzinski who, um, you know, was the chaplain at Notre Dame. Now he's the director of vocations for the diocese. So he and, and Coach McKenna from Notre Dame uh, run uh, Catholic Athletes for Christ. Dan is still on the board, I believe, and involved in the diocese. But I should mention he's their names so as there. well. Yeah. We, we're about to give you an impossible task, Lou. You have two minutes, because something we like to do here is we like to ask each guest their their conversion or their their glory story. story glory story you have two <laughs> minutes not even just about two minutes to tell us your glory story two minutes um <laughs> yeah um i've had sounds like he's not gonna be able to do many, it bill <laughs> been blessed with many beautiful ones um i'm just trying to think um of one that could be well, no, we mean your personal story, yeah, personal. Lou. Like you know, like Saint Paul. Like, what was the? Did did you have the, the flash of light that knocked you off the horse, or was were you just you kind of grew up in a Catholic environment and and you, you have know, one minute always, now for it? Yeah, <laughs> one one minute so and twelve I did, seconds. I grew, I grew up in a family <laughs> where the Catholic faith was there. Um, I, I guess I was I was blessed with a um, a good high school football coach who blended the faith into everything, and I saw through his example uh, that faith is important, um, and that that's, uh, that was very motivating to me, obviously going to the seminary and, and um, visiting St. Peter's um, for the first time was very moving and very powerful. Uh, so it's kind of a combination of many different steps but yes if anyone out there listening has never has never visited st peter's uh please do uh it is a life-changing experience to spend some time there and be able to view and take in and recognize the just the grandeur and the power and the greatness of our catholic faith and how it started with such humble beginnings Mm. with such sacrifices um, of these men and women who gave their lives for the faith when it was illegal, when it was underground, when there were no resources, there were no books, there was nothing written yet. And yet just out of sheer testimony and spreading the faith, they they grew it into something uh, absolutely fantastic. That's Very well beautiful. said, Lou. Hey, we're, we're out of time. As, as I look at the, uh, the Basilica of St. Peter's over Bill's shoulder, we have it here in the studio. Mr. Producer has it, uh, a mural on the wall. So it's a it's a good way to end the program talking about uh, about St. Peter's in the Vatican. Thank Absolutely. you, Lou. Thank you so much. We appreciate you sharing your story and, and your organization, Sports Leader. Guys, we love you. Drive safe. Have an amazing weekend. Brothers Labor- in Arms will be here in the fall. Yeah, have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. God bless. God bless everyone.